This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Be first, be daring, and be different. To always strive to be a winner, have the guts to do something no one else has done. Have the tenacity and perseverance to be daring in reaching my dreams and be unique. Valeria Tellez interviews Khalid Korshid, the author of Rise Above Disruption, a journey of self-realization that will motivate, inspire, and give you hope to find your own zen. Khalid Korshid is a tech executive with a 30-year career in growing and managing multi-billion dollar telecom companies in North America, Africa, and Asia. Agent of Change with a dual master's degree in coaching and consulting for change from the University of Oxford and EHC of Paris. Khalid is an adjunct faculty on digital strategy and transformational change at the American University in Cairo. He volunteers as a motivational and career mentor at the Founders Institute, a global startup incubator. He is the author of Rise Above Disruption, a nonfiction documentation of his successful journey, as it was evolving, of coping with five simultaneous life traumas within 24 months that included surviving bankruptcy divorce, and cancer. A self-claimed true global citizen who lived in eight and visited 60 countries. The book is a self-help, motivational, and hope-finding book that will inspire readers to see happiness that always exists within themselves. His approach in applying his knowledge and experience is to practice and promote love of self and others strive to change and transform from the status quo to the higher, better, truer version of self and others, to rejuvenate relationships with family, friends, and loved ones, to find and nurturing one's passions, to face and pacify one's fears and insecurities, and to motivate and encourage self and others in the quest to see hope and happiness in everything we do. In this age of urgency, we seldom stop to think and evaluate our lives to identify the parts of our personality that need to evolve to reach a better version of ourselves. Khalid helps people synchronize their hearts, minds, and souls in the effort to cope and accept the never-ending changes all around them. Meet Khalid at KhalidKorshid.com. Here is the interview with Khalid Korshid. In your own words, who is Khalid Korshid? 
I'm actually an agent of change. Um, I am a career technology guy who is a converted engineer. Um, I studied my, my studies loving computers and loving the things that I did with them. And then I worked in a, a field where we loved our technology. And then halfway through my career, I realized that everybody, all the companies are actually doing things for customers. So we should really be focusing on customers, not, not on computers and, and solutions and, and, and technology. And uh, halfway through my career, I realized that uh, I, can only, I only win because or do great achievements because of the teams that work with me. So I started to focus on people and uh, how to motivate them and how to listen to to their um, to, to 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 understand the the buttons to push to motivate them and and make them part of uh, of a success story. And then um, when I became an executive, my company wanted to send me to an executive masters. So obviously, the the first thing that would come to to mind is like, okay, I want to go to Stanford or Harvard. And they said. Well, Khaled, you've been, you have an MBA from Michigan. What? You should go to study change. Uh, and they sent me to the University of Oxford to study change. And I had no idea what, I really didn't study any humanistic sciences like psychology and sociology and all these things. And, and it was an eye opener for me. So I am a converted engineer in the sense that I, I now really care about people, care about customers for companies that I, that I manage. And care about people around me, whether family or, or colleagues or friends. And uh, because of my studies and because of my DNA, I, I, I found out that in, for the last 30 years, I've been actually helping people change from simply helping them reaching a big milestone at work or helping my, my son, uh, you know, uh, get his SAT done and, and, and attend college and, and how he can adapt his his routine so he can study better or helping uh, my friend cope with loneliness after his divorce so in a nutshell i'm a change coach or a change mentor if you would i love that and in your book you also mentioned something about in the end at the end of our lives that's what will matter is the relationships we had now how many hours we spent in the office. So that really caught my attention. It's so true. We tend to focus on business, thinking about only results and numbers and all that, most of us, and not in relationships. And that's the most important thing. I agree a thousand percent. And regarding change, why do you think we resist to change so much? The human uh, mind yeah. was created to help protect the person. So God created our brain to help protect us. And the, the, very, um, the very, the default setting, if you would, of the brain is to think of the worst case scenario. Right. Always, in any, in any situation, especially <laughs> if, it's, if it involves change. And, and, I, yeah. and let's define change. Change is anything from... You know, flipping the light switch and the light, the light bulb doesn't go on, that's a change because it usually goes on. Or going down to your car and you find a flat tire, that's a change. Or you, you wake up in the morning and you realize there's no water to take a shower, that's a change. So, or, God forbid, you hear of some loved one passing away. So all these are changes. So our brain 
is programmed to the first thing to do when it, whenever a change happens is to think of the worst case scenario to protect us. So if I tell you, um, unfortunately, we have to let you go because the company is shutting down, your first instinct is not going to be, oh, that's great. Oh, I'm right. now going to have a, a new career uh, to create my Fit for Joy <laughs> website and, and service and have a True. great podcast. Isn't it? <laughs> true, so true. The first thing is going to be doom, doom and gloom, obviously. So change is, yeah, and, and, and it's in it's nature of humans to resent uh, change. We, by default, like to have uh, the familiar. We like to do the things that our parents did and our grandparents did and what we used to read and what we see in, in history books. And I'm going to go off on a limb here, not that I'm a religious guy, but actually from my studies and my research on change, and I'm actually preparing my PhD there. And I'm going to go on a limb here and say that the main, the main uh, essence of, any, of all the religions that there is in the world, you name it, from Buddhism to Christianity to Judaism to Islam to whatever religion, whatever your God is, um, whoever your God is, it's actually about accepting to change. Whenever you, you read and you decide to become a Buddhist, for example, and you start to read about Buddhism or, or you decided to become a Christian, you start to read about Jesus and all, all the, the, the learnings, it's actually about accepting to change from what you used to do or what you use not to do into this new religion. So change is at the core of really our mission in life accepting the change that is you mentioned god so i guess i have to ask you this question what where and who is god to you uh, to me god is the, the the one god who uh created adam and eve and um sent moses and jesus and muhammad to to us you know we call it in islam allah uh, you know, it's God. That's that's my um, why I believe is is the superpower. How do you define happiness these days? What is to be happy to you? I am so glad you brought this up <laughs> because I have um, part of what I do also is I I try to help people see happiness. So uh, my, in fact, in fact, my my practice or my mentorship practice, I call it change for happy. Happiness is such a, an interesting phenomenon, and I actually was doing uh, a lot of readings about it. Happiness in, exists in each one of us, inside of us. In fact, when we when we are born, the day we are born, we're very happy. I mean, as long as we're fed, and with our diapers are clean, we're happy, you know, we, we, and then most of us also after, uh, whether long or short life, we also die happy. Most of us, you know, talking about, you know, the majority who, who, who does good, who do, does good in life and, and make, make people around them, you know, leave a legacy and stuff. You also die happy. The, the interesting part is in between the two stages, we tend to lose focus of, and try to f search for happiness. And we travel and we marry and then we divorce and then we buy stuff and then, and then we're never happy. I think happiness is, um, is, is inside of us. We just need to see it. So one of the things I, I really look 
uh, when, when people come in, you know, whether I, I, I mentor them at my work or I do it with friends and family or I do it with, with, with patients, when you're happy, you're happy uh, because of three or four things are working well in your life. Your relationships, whether it's relationships with your boss or your subordinates or your colleagues or your uh, any, any, everybody at, in, in, at work. When you're happy with your relationships at home, uh, with your friends, when you're happy with your career, so career, relationships, passions, you, you got to have a passion, you know, you're not, you're not going to work and make money and then spend it only on food and, and cars and houses. You, you need to have a passion and finding passion, looking at uh, your relationships and making sure they're, they're, they're really optimized and rejuvenated and looking at your career and, and giving yourself your best effort or your best, uh, the job of your dream is really what makes a person happy at the end. You're prosperous, you make money, or you're doing something that you love. You, on the weekend, you go and play golf or, 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 or shoot, uh, you know, a pool, or whatever is your passion or, or play sports. And you have very decent relationships with everybody around you, whether your family, your spouse, your kids, etc. So happiness is inside. Um, and it's about really finding it, seeing it really in, in the little things that happens to you every day. And that's the challenge. You always think, you know, if I buy this new Mercedes, I'll be happy. Well, actually, the problem is it's a transaction. And it's, first of all, obviously, I'm, I'm going to say a cliche. Happiness is in the journey, not the destination. So, you know, it's, it's really about um, enjoying what you're doing and living in the now and not worrying about the future nor reminiscing the past. So when you speak of passion, does it relate to purpose somehow? Mm. Yes, of course. Uh, well, it relates to it's not the purpose. Purpose is much. It's a much bigger term. Purpose is actually. Um, it's a very tough question when I ask someone that I first meet uh, who, who comes to me and uh, you know wanting wanting some guidance on happiness or finding better way to to accept changes in his life her, her, his or her life is is that is that exact question what's your purpose in life why are you here for and it's a tough question some people actually ask me for time to to answer this question my purpose in life is actually to live to love learn and leave a legacy you know i i have to love i have to have someone to love i mean obviously i love my kids and i love my my mom, I love my brother, but having someone in my uh, as a relationship uh, to love is, is very important to me. Uh, learning every day is a must. If I don't learn, I'm very bored. I, I need to learn something new. And that's probably why halfway down my career, I started to look into new things other than just technology. And leaving a legacy is really the, the key here. Um, I, I think of my book, you know, Rise Above Disruption, uh, you know, it's just one, a documentation of a, an era of my life and what I learned from it and what I learned so far. And, and I just, I take it as a legacy that years after I'm gone, people can say, ah, this guy, hmm, he had something to say. So purpose is much, it's a much bigger um, umbrella than, uh, than passion. Yeah, we have to have passion, obviously, but yeah. We have yeah. to have passion for this, for this purpose. I mean, I have passion for, uh, having love in my life, I have to have passion for learning. I mean, if you don't have passion for learning, you know, you're not going to learn anything. And leaving a legacy is, is, is very hard because you really need to, 
walk the talk and, and do things that it's not just words. You have to have deeds and actions. What do you think the purpose of the human experience is? My, one of my one of my absolute you know mentors uh, or uh, people that I look up to, and I had the chance to meet him twice. Once in when I was a young guy, one young consultant at Accenture in in Chicago, he came and and had a speech in my in our office. And the second time was 20 years later in my office in Lagos, Nigeria, believe it or not. And it's uh, the late Stephen Covey. I adore this man. I learned so much from him. Obviously, I read the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And when when I first um, saw his presentation, it, it blew me up. It blew me completely off of my the, the knowledge I had, and one of the the absolute quotes that define our purpose in life, and I always think of it even during times of hardship, is that we are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We're actually our spiritual beings having a human experience. And this is such a profound definition. So to me, life is, is really a, a journey of, um, of testing, of, uh, of, of exploration. Uh, I think we are uh, spirits uh, that was created by God in a very sophisticated spirits from him. And, uh, and then we, we was, were brought to, to earth to live this humanistic life for some period. Uh, some of us will, um, will follow his guidance. Some of us will not. It's really up to the person. Uh, and we're here to be happy and enjoy our, our journey and, and um, uh, appreciate uh, all, all the, the things that, that God has done for us and um, uh, make sure that we, we uh, pay, it, pay it forward, whatever we, we got. Uh, as as gifts from this life is is to pay it forward what is the meaning of freedom to you what is to be free wow freedom i think freedom is the freedom of thought um uh, being free of how you think and what you believe in is the is at the core of freedom it's not about being captivated in a place or uh, or or not, or being able to go wherever you want to go. It's it's freedom is really about um, having the the option to to think, read, and make up your own mind. Especially if you can live in the present moment, right? All mm. the time. Mm -hmm. That that sounds like freedom to me. You know, this is so tough. I tell you what, this is one of the hardest things to do. Obviously, honestly, <laughs> honestly. You are at the happiest when you live in the now, mm, when you're thinking yeah. of the now, because True. there's no expectations. You know, the problem with, with life, and, and, and I, you know, we would talk about this in the second section about my book. The problem is, you, is, is with expectations. You have expectations of something and it doesn't happen, then you, you're disappointed. When you're living in the now, so you're talking to me right now as we speak. I have no expectations or I don't know what you're going to say next. So I'm happy. I mean, I, I, and I'm not thinking of the past. I'm not thinking what happened to me six hours ago at the doctor's office, which was not a happy moment for me because I'm just thinking of what I'm doing right now. And I'm not 
being concerned about the future and whether I'm going to have money to pay for my kid's college next month or not, because I'm not thinking of the future. So really, you are always at your happiest thinking of what you're doing right now. So you wrote the book, Rise Above Disruption, a journey of self-realization that will motivate, inspire, and give you hope to find your own Zen. So uh, two initial questions. Uh, How did you become a writer and what was the inspiration and intention of writing this book? I didn't plan to be a writer. I uh, really, and I did not have an intention to write a book. What happened to me is I um, went through five simultaneous traumas in my life in the span of a year. And um, uh, the, as a consequence, I found myself living alone because my kids were, were in college in the U.S. and I was alone because my, my, one of the disruptions, my wife asked for a divorce and we were divorced, so I'm alone. And, uh, and then I had, was diagnosed with cancer and I was really sitting home uh, because of um, the, the economic condition. I had to shut down my company, so I, I didn't have a lot of work to do. Well, except, except preparing for teaching at, at uh, the American University. So I really had a, a plenty of time in my hand, and I had a lot of thoughts and a lot of feelings racing down my brain and down my heart, and I, and I just started to, to write them, write my thoughts, uh, simply because, I, actually, I did not start writing them, just to be honest. I started to record them, you know, and I started to, uh, to speak to my, my, my recorder, and I started to, uh, say what was going on in my mind and, and actually was also a way for me to rem- remember, to lock down what I was feeling physically. And that was something my doctor was asking for it. And then long, long before you know it, I had something like 50 pages written or 50 pages of content. And I was talking to a friend of mine one day and she's like, wow, why, why don't you transcribe them and, and maybe write a book? And that's what happened. <laughs> yeah. I, I had uh, I had a couple of people in my life. I mean, my, my best friend and I had uh, someone I was I was uh, dating and I was actually engaged to. And and part of her getting to know me, she asked me a lot of questions about this those traumas. And I instead of just speaking it to her, I also recorded it. So she had she was very curious. She asked me a lot of good questions, and I had a lot of answers, uh, especially about feelings and about you know, thoughts, etc. cetera. Uh, and um, I would record them and then I would go home and type them up. Yeah. Next, next thing you know, I have a book. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it hit me really, honestly, hmm. honestly, Valeria, hmm. it, it hit me when, I, when they sent me the link, yeah. uh, an email with a link to my, my Amazon page. It's like, holy cow, yeah. I have a book on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It was part of the journey, uh, Khaled. It was part of the journey. Yes, it was part. Of, it was actually a part of the healing. Uh, I would say it was also an eye opener to me. Uh, the eye opener was in the fact that I would write something as it happens. One of the interesting thing about this book is you will read me talk about a painful situation as the painful situation was taking place. It was not after the fact. So I wouldn't be, you know, t- writing about what happened to me last night or a, a week ago. I actually. At some point in time, I was typing, and my 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 
my tears with actually covering my, my keyboard because I was, it was happening. And, and that was the cool thing that, you know, if I didn't write it there, there and then, then I wouldn't capture the, the feelings. And then later on, when I would talk about the similar uh, or, or, or insights about the same topic later on in the, in the book, I would also look at it from a different perspective. So you find um, uh, an interesting mix of real um, uh, on, uh, online feelings and then later on um, um, insights and uh, uh, reflections on those feelings. And I love that you uh, added the word healing. Yeah, so it's part of your healing journey. It is part of my healing journey. I realized that later on, actually. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't say to myself in the beginning, <laughs> hey, KK, part of your healing, you should start writing about what right. you're feeling. No, I, I just have it. It, it, is, it is really an organic, an organic way for one man to deal with his traumas. And it was documented as it was happening. And it was not um, done in any scientific or, or pre-planned way. I have here some of the um, insights that you had in your book and passages that caught my attention, some phrases, a line that you wrote says, being sad is a strength as you require courage to shed tears. It is not how we are conditioned to think. Mm. So talk to me about crying and this idea of not crying or crying being a weak thing. Um, a friend of mine from college called me up the other day uh, and she said, you know, Khaled, the reason I love your book is because you openly wrote about crying. And, and I said, why? You know, Corey, why, why? I mean, yeah, I mean, I was really talking about what I'm feeling. She said, because at the bottom of it, you're a Middle Eastern man and Middle Eastern <laughs> men are macho. And you're an executive in a very high, you know, high-profile industry. So, and you're a CEO. So, it, it really takes a it takes a lot of courage to talk about that you were crying, and then you, you know, you couldn't feel, uh, you know, you, you don't have any problems writing about this publicly. Actually, it, uh, first of all, I didn't think of that at all. I didn't think of um, that I'm a Middle Eastern man and that I'm macho. I I know that, but uh, many many people feel that uh, many men especially feel that um, crying is a weakness. Uh, I think it's um, uh, you, you're bound to do it, especially when, you, when you're faced with traumas like the ones I did, especially that, that involves your health and not knowing if you're going to survive or not. Um, I do believe that um, um, being vocal about your emotions as as whether as a, as a woman or a man is is very important for yourself for your own sanity and for your own um uh honesty with yourself as well as with your loved ones and people close to you so uh, so i don't have um an issue with that obviously um um I, one of my friends actually is a lawyer. He's a, he's a big shot lawyer. He called me up a month ago. I write like he was one of the first to buy my book, and I did not know that he bought my book. And he he's a a lawyer for one of the top ten Fortune one hundred companies. You know, very <laughs> macho, you know, suit all day, you know, uh, corporate jet type of guy. And and he was really, really almost in tears. 
and very emotional. And I'm like, wow, Kareem, what's going on? He said, you know, you, I, you just pressed the right button when I was reading your book and I started to cry because I was going through a lot of traumas in my life. I lost my parents. He lost his parents in the span of two months and plus of uh, a lot of other, you know, other traumas in his life. And, and he's like, I wanted to cry. And then here is you. I, I never thought that you would be writing a book like this. And you're openly saying, yes, I was crying. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so um, it, was, it was like, it's like um, the feeling of uh, being liberated of, of, of one, one of his friends who thought he would be as shying away from crying or being emotional, saying, no, go for it. <laughs> and it, it made it. The book made him feel good, and he he, he started to uh, open up to his his emotions, and that's great. And if this book helped people do that, that's enough for me. Another topic you have in your book that's very important, um, I believe, is friendship. So you say friendship is an opportunity to love, to learn about yourself, to mature as a human being, and to open up to the full experience of life. You don't choose family, but you choose friends. <laughs> when you realize that um, your friends are... Uh, uh, let me, let me uh, qualify this, this statement. If your friends from kindergarten to high school, if, especially if you have friends that, that last with you the, that whole time, yeah. <laughs> you sort of don't choose them either, but <laughs> but but you, you have the choice. True. If you don't like someone, you just don't don't see him. But but friends are really a reflection of who you are, and and who you're really comfortable with, and they're the only people that you can actually be at ease with and uh, and be yourself. Uh, and if if you have if you're fake with your friends, then you're fake with yourself. You know if you have multiple faces and you know you have this group of people you show them that you're you know whatever you're the rich dude the, the yuppie the whatever and the other group you, you know the, the, you're the macho if you're not the same person everywhere you are with your friends then then you're you're cheating yourself and you're not being being honest with your fur with yourself uh, to begin with and there are the the, the 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 mirrors everybody needs a mirror um to to show them how they really look like. Um, and true friends are the ones that actually say it the way it is, no matter how big you become. And uh, it's sad sometimes to find friends who life goes to their heads, especially if they become rich or become famous or powerful. And they don't see this and, they, and it goes to their heads and, and they stop listening and refuse to listen to uh, their friends uh, feedback. So having friends is very important. Obviously, obviously the, the support and, you know, being, being there for you and, uh, uh, helping you through tough times and, and good times is, is obvious, uh, benefits for, for friends. But I'm, I'm talking about the, the hidden gems of friends that we sometimes fail to, uh, to see or, or forget maybe with the, with the days is that, uh, they, they are really, they don't like they, they don't love you just for a for a purpose. Um, you know, it's not because you have the cool house. They love you because they want to come and hang out in your cool house. No, even if you have a shack, they would, they would be there for you. True friends. So yeah, they are part of uh, the happiness. Uh, so so that's why 
the, the cornerstones of happiness, one of them is relationships, and, and the core one is of relationships is, uh, is friends. There are so many messages in your book. Another one that I really, that's close to my heart, because this is something I really believe in. You say in your book, your love for yourself supersedes any other love, even to the people closest to you. You know, I realized that when I was deep down, and I, I, always, I always call it the dark tunnel. And I'm, I'm laying down on my back. And I think this is how I wrote it. I'm laying down on my back in a dark tunnel. I have no idea how I got here. I have no idea what's the way out. I don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. And at that very moment, and I've been through these moments, no other love supersedes your love for yourself. Because you said, you know, I want to live. I don't really care about anything else. Um, talk to me now about something that you mentioned earlier in your, in your book. It's some of the, it might be the biggest insight. It might be, I mean, it's extremely powerful. You say, expect nothing and accept anything. So talk to me about expectations and how can we get there? <laughs> Accepting everything. <laughs> the whole, the whole point about disappointments, um, is, a mismatch or a gap between what you expect and reality. So they always say, they always taught us in, in consulting, management consulting schools, you know, and we, is, is um, for under promise and over deliver. <laughs> so right. <laughs> and the, the problem that you have when you, the reason I wrote the book, the, the, the title of the book is Disruption is because when traumas happens to you and you think you are moving on a path, let's talk about career, for example. You are the super duper, you know, VP or director, or you have a, a path in your mind and you know, and, or you've, you've planned it in your head that you're gonna become a CEO in the next 10 years. That's a path you put in your heart. And, and I'm not, I'm all for setting objectives and being, you know, challenging oneself to go to reach to the stars. And actually, I used, I used to say always to my kids, um, aim to the stars. Worst thing that could happen is you're going to land on the moon. <laughs> yeah. So right. I'm all for that. However, when anything happens to that path, to that um, um, life, whether you got laid off or you got passed for the promotion, first thing that's going to happen is disappointments. Like, oh my God, I'm, I'm, I'm off this path. Why? And the point I'm making in the book is path is subjective. It's, it's, really, it's really an opinion. It's your opinion that your next move is to be a VP. Well, no, it doesn't mean that way. Um, and so, so setting, and, and that also applies to to patients. I was, I was giving a speech to uh, um, ladies uh, who had uh, breast cancer the other day in a, in, a, in a big hospital, cancer hospital, and I was talking about expectations, this very exact point. And I said, what I started to realize is some doctors I go to, and some, and some actually family members, in an effort to try to be nice to me, they would be um, 
setting my expectations so high that when reality hits, I'm actually disappointed more than if you would have told me the, the pessimistic view of what could happen or what could, I mean, being at least realistic, at least realistic. I mean, if I will be okay, if you be a bit, a bit pessimistic, so when reality hits and it's better, I would be pleasantly surprised. I'm, I'm actually, I'd love to be pleasantly surprised. And unfortunately, one of my doctors, my cancer doctors was doing this to me all the time. And I said, and I said to him enough, I, I really question now everything you tell me because you know, he said, no, 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 it's going to take you. No, it's only three sessions. It's really simple. You know, blah, blah, blah. And it's, you're not going to feel anything. And then when it happens and I realize like, no, it's more than that. And no, it's going to take X period of time. And I'm feeling you know, X and Y and Z and I'm tired. And I, I am disappointed. So expectations uh, from situations or from people is the mother of all disappointments. And my motto now is the, the, the thing that makes me happy and makes me at least zen is if I expect nothing from anyone or any situation, I would be happy because whatever happens, I will accept because I have no expectations, right. you know? Yeah, and you use the word Zen, right? Because that brings inner peace and calm, right? Um, another point you made is about um, the ego. You, you say, I think you sent this to me, this insight to me, controlling and beating your ego are reasons for a disconnect. So what is the ego, in your opinion? Um... <laughs> um Ego is is um, is your 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 self image, your own image of yourself, and your 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 self importance, and how important, how seriously you take yourself, or or how less seriously you take yourself. And I, one of the issues with ego is that, um, especially when you live a life that has no disruption, that has no more major traumas, which, you know, it's something that we'd be lucky to have. Um, we fail to realize that this is a, a, a great positive and, and something that we have to, to thank God for it every day. But we don't, we don't realize this until we hit traumas and we hit disruption. Uh, and the ego, the more we live and we go through life and we get promoted or get more money or get more happy moments and big big number of friends and become popular, for example, the more your ego starts to build what I call blind spots. And blind spots is really, um, uh, it reduces your ability to be paranoid. And being paranoid is very important because most of the successful people I know of are paranoid. It's 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 no, it's a well known fact that Steve Jobs is paranoid. Um, um, you give me any of 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 the billionaires that we know of, tech billionaires or business people, and and I'm not saying paranoid in the bad sense. I'm saying paranoid in the sense that they think of all the possibilities, and and they always evaluate the risks of each uh, of each possible scenarios. Problem with ego is that it it because 
you're so caught up in your successes and you're so caught up in the levels that you're reaching. When you start to think like, oh, let me evaluate what, what bad could go wrong, your ego stops you from doing this. Like, nah, don't worry about it. Come on, you're gonna get promoted, you're gonna get more money. So you start to spend money, for example, buy the big house, and you're like, you're standing, you're asking yourself, do I really need this big house? And your ego says, oh, of course you need this big house. Come on, you're gonna have big parties, and la, 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 la. And instead of shutting up and you start to think more rationally and say, oh, maybe I should save money instead of paying this extra in a, in a bigger house. Maybe I should put money in the bank. So this is an example of, of how ego can be a, an obstacle for, or not an obstacle, but a, an accelerator of disruption. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, accelerates, actually. Accelerator, yeah. And, and I, this is what happened to me, uh, honestly. Yeah, yeah. In retrospect, I, I realized that because I did not have experience in, in bad time of bad times that happened to me, I, I didn't know better. And I, but I, I didn't spend time stepping back and seeing what possibly things could go wrong and so I could plan accordingly. Yeah. Uh, and my ego was feeding that, that uh, lack of planning and lack of thinking. You talk about the this three different voices within ourselves. <laughs> you call the voices yeah. inside. <laughs> so the mind, the heart, and the soul. How do we know the difference, Khaled? I started to know the difference probably when I was a teenager. Yeah. Um, I would. Um, I'm a Libra man, and mm -hmm. and and Libras we really like to. We we are very emotional, but at the same time. We like to use logic. So right. I realized, and my friends realized, that I, sometimes it takes me a while to make a decision. And I started to think of why is that? And I realized because I, you know, I say I, I sort of weigh the the pluses and minuses. And I and I realized that there are voices inside of me, ones that said, "Yeah, go ahead, man, buy it, buy that, you know, that toy, buy it. it you love it." Yeah. And then another voice would say, "Why? You have just one like it." It's just a different color. And um, so, so it, this it amplified during my, my trauma time when I was alone and I was writing about my feelings. And I, it was really clear to me that, and I started to read a lot about, you know, the, the, the change, obviously the, the, the change uh, science that I started to learn. I realized that you know, read about reading about the consciousness and subconsciousness and, and the brain and the, the role of the brain in our, our mind, our body, I realized that, uh, no, there are distinct voices. And, and I can tell whenever I am in a change situation or, 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 a, or a trauma situation or, or a, something bad is happening, the very thing, the, the things that jump to my mind about fear and doom and gloom and what am I going to do? This is going to be the end of the world. This is my brain doing its role of protecting me and giving me a worst case scenario. And then if I let myself think about all these things and then pause for a while and start to listen to my heart, my heart is always, I am a, a true, a true uh, um, opponent or um, um, fan of, my, of the heart. One because I'm a passionate person and and I and love is a very important part of my life and love and 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 passion and and people, uh, but I realized that scientifically the heart, as an organ, has on its 
external uh, surface the same cells as the brain. So actually, there are proofs that you are thinking with your heart, that actually your heart makes decisions, literally makes decisions because it, say, it thinks. So um, I tend to listen to my brain, but also, but at the end, let my heart decide because the, the beautiful, beautiful thing about the heart is it actually, um, it looks at the, the emotional side and the passionate side of, of any situation. And because passion is so irrational, which is completely the other extreme from the brain who is very logical and very, you know, and if you read about Frank and Teddy's arguments in my mind during the darkest, darkest hours, you will, you will understand what I'm saying. Uh, so they make a good balance between the two, you know. Um, but at the end, I, I, most, in most cases, I, I use my, my brain to, um, to give me the logical reasons, but actually follow my heart when it comes to making decisions. Uh, they are, in, in my brain, how, to answer your question, how do you know which one is talking to you? First of all, know for sure that you're not what your brain is telling you you are. So, so you are not, um, you know, if you, if you are faced with um, a major change in your life and all you're thinking of is negative thoughts, and doom and gloom and uh, what am I going to do? And you start to be to panic and you start to be in a state of um, hopelessness and depression. Know for a fact, take a breath, take a breath. This is your, this is your brain doing its job. <laughs> this is not what you are. This is not who you are. This is your brain giving you all the bad scenarios, giving all the worst case scenarios. Then you need to, Ask your ask your heart. What so so? What really makes me happy here? And and you start thinking of of the things that would make you uh, happy and uh, passionate about this the situation that you're in. Um, a good example for you is um, that when you know you are in in a good place is when there is a synchronization or that you're in sync between what you think what you feel and what you do. And, um, and, and, that's, and that's, these are the three voices inside of you. If there are the three, if they argue, that's fine. But if at the end of the day, they're in sync with what you're gonna do and what you're doing and, and you feel good about it, then, then, you, then you won. You're on the right track. You also say, what do you seek? It's also seeking you. Mm. That's a mm. powerful statement that I believe mm. in too. And a question that I have for you, it's about hope. Do you see hope, faith and trust the same way or they are somehow different? Hope, faith and trust. They're actually this, different sides of the same coin. Right. Except there's two, only two sides of a coin, but <laughs> right. but uh, they're so linked together. Um, hope, first of all, hope is at the core. I mean, without hope, you wouldn't want to open up your eyes in the morning and, and go about your life. I mean, uh, the messages of God to any religion is, is about hope. You know, it's, it's so hope is, is at the core. So if, if you are depressed or if you are passing through a bad patch of your life, you will see hope. I mean, the whole point of, of helping you um, 
is is to to help you see hope in whatever you're doing in in whatever your context um faith uh, faith is 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 a supporting um very important and supporting factor for finding hope some people do not believe in god and do not believe in i mean that's their right um they believe in nature for example that there's no superpower fine but uh if if they have faith in a, even if the superpower is it's the universe it doesn't have to be god uh, you know that 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 we talk about in the in the different religions if they believe in the universe and they believe in the the power of uh, the theory of attraction and and of uh, karma and uh, that is definitely supporting a supporting belief in finding hope and um, so they are very important they are part of the same uh, concept if you would and they help me throughout my my traumas my my disruptions so we're almost at the end I have a lot of lines here I guess I'll say this one here that I really believe in too you say no matter what has happened to you in your life up to this point, you always have the right to smile. That is beautiful, beautifully written and um, true to the heart, <laughs> for sure. Um, so we're almost at the end. Would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book, Khaled? Read a passage? I actually did not think of that one. Um, this is one homework I used. You asked me in the email. I forgot to do it, honestly. But what I want to say is, is um, here is here is this. This is something interesting. I, I have to say. I wrote this book and I and I had to send it to my publisher on the twenty sixth of July. And uh, since the twenty sixth of July until now, I actually went through two major disruptions in my life, as profound as the ones I'm writing about in the book. And it has been, yes, and it has been a very interesting and different five months or six months since. And um, during my dark moments, during this, the last five, six months, I would actually remember some of the things that I wrote in the book and I and it would make me a little bit better. Uh, so, so the point is, I think um, I, going through all these changes and uh, doing, knowing all I know about change and knowing all I know about how people react to change, um, the, it's like it's the practicing, practicing, uh, accepting change and going through the journey of coping with the disruptions and the traumas and uh, it is like it's like driving a car or playing tennis or playing golf the more you do it the better it gets and and um, obviously each time something happened that is different from and never happened to you before is much more profound and it hurts in a different perspective in a different way but but you you find yourself saying to yourself you know even that will pass and um that's that's really the conclusion i i think i write something similar about it in the last chapter i saying you know i'm ready for anything just throw it at me and i i, I wrote it i when i wrote that I, you know i wrote it as a cheering up message at the end of the book 
<laughs> but little did I know that a few months later I would be actually, you know, um, grabbing to to these words and and trying to to make them true and and live them. Um, so it's a journey that never ends. This is really the points I want to make. Instead of write, reading from the the the, the book, I'm, I'm just saying, if you have the chance to read this book, um, and I'm probably planning on a, on a part two, uh, in a different format, not in this format, you're gonna realize that you know, it's never gonna end, and we live now in a in an age of COVID-19 and post-COVID-19 and. And it never ends, and all the the stuff that's happening in 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 Washington, and, and all the unbelievable turn of events that happened to us the last two, twelve months alone, that's not gonna that's not gonna stop. That's so. Bottom line is, let's embrace change because we the only constant thing in life is change. Yes, a thousand times to that truth. <laughs> Thank you yep. for your work again, Khaled. You're welcome. Thank you very much. So I have two more questions for you. Please. If you knew you would lose the body soon, would you make any change in your life or do anything in a different way? No, I wouldn't do anything different. No. Nope. That means uh, that you are living your purpose, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no. that's beautiful. Yeah. And the last question is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? Three things about life I know for sure. <laughs> Number yeah. one, change will never stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got, we need to remind that again, right? <laughs> That's number one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number two, things in life that will never... Uh, sooner or later, we're going to go back to our original state of being a spirit right. and leave this world. So this is a, as they say, there's two things, sure things in life, death and taxes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. so, so, so the second thing is, is actually leaving this world whenever mm -hmm. that, that is going to happen. And the third thing is um, happiness is, is not in taking happiness is actually in giving and um one of the things i've done um since um since i wrote this book is is i had actually a difficulty i had a problem finding a job and uh, was really interviewing and doing all the things and going into business and na, 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 na. and then all of a sudden i got a job and and a job that came through a network of someone who met me a few years ago and they just thought of me and called me up and now I'm the CEO of their company. <laughs> so I decided to create um, an initiative on Facebook and on, uh, on Instagram, uh, sorry, on Facebook and on email called Pay It Forward. And I would uh, ask my, my 2,000 people, 2,000 people network across social media to um, send me open positions for people and I would actually ask the remaining of my network to send me their CVs if they're looking for a job and they're not, they don't want to be, you know, embarrassed saying it in public. So the, 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 the beauty of being, I was just a broker. I'm not, I just passed the message, a message broker. And I don't get them. I don't even know if they got a job or not. I just connect the two together. And the, the amount of happiness I'm getting from this 
pay it forward um, initiative, it's really nothing. I mean, I just used the people I know instead of just writing jokes and sharing some silly photos. I just said, you know what, guys, if you, least, if you hear of a, a, an opening, just send it to me and I'll, I'll pass it to people who are looking for a job. And, and just amazing how satisfied I'm giving and how, how that made me happy. And uh, so, so it's really about giving. It's uh, uh, happiness is is about giving. Yeah. That's the third rule yeah. or law. <laughs> or law of life, right? Mm. I love your wisdom. Thank you so much, Cal. Thank you so much. Thank for you for your work, your presence. Yeah, thank, thank you so you. much, Valeria. Where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Well, it's on my website, calitkorshid.com. Uh, you can follow my Facebook and Instagram, and I have also an Instagram for my Change for Happy, um, I would say, practice. And I also have a YouTube channel for Change for Happy, and this is where I, I'm gonna, I started with videos on uh, tips and tricks on finding jobs for different types of people. So um, I, I posted a video on uh, startup jobs. For those who are interested in joining the the dot com, you know the the the, the new economy and working in, in tech startups. Another one I just launched a few hours ago about college graduates, tips and tricks, and also this channel. I will I will be doing videos, uh, vlogs about change, about relationships, career, uh, and and the stuff that you and I are talking about the last hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this this is where this is where you can actually find a lot about me. Sounds wonderful. And they're all on my website, galletkorshid.com. I'll have the link posted on your podcast profile too. Thank you so much again, Khaled, and we'll talk soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Khaled Korshid and his work, please visit khaledkorshid.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.